Welcome to the ASA Podcast, the program for automotive professionals that keeps you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. I'm your host, Tony Mala, and we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. This podcast is sponsored by Synchrony Car Care, helping ASA members provide promotional financing to their customers. Hi, I'm talking with Jake McLaughlin from National Auto Repair. Hey, Jake. Hey, how are you doing, Tony? Doing good. I'm glad you could make it. This is another of our ASA member profiles, and you come highly recommended from our ASA Arizona affiliate. Uh, Diana DeLeon recommended you were somebody I would want to talk to, so I'm happy you were able to make time for the, for the podcast today. Thanks a bunch. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, buddy. Uh, I guess I didn't come so I didn't know I was coming so highly recommended. Oh, yes, you're here. One of the top ones. But uh, I'll tell you the reason we're doing these things. um, Obviously, we're going through some generational changes in the industry. And uh, we thought it would be important to have some of the new voices that are coming up, uh, the new leadership that we're going that we're going to be depending on to take us into the 21st century. And again, you certainly fit that bill. But before we get into all the details, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the business? Well, I got into the business because my dad actually owned this shop. My uh, dad, Randy, started this company back in 1997. You know, growing up, he's always been there, helped me. And I got into the company about 10 years ago, started off as doing old changes and then worked my way up doing repairs. And, and now I'm currently doing service advising. And, you know, it, it's just kind of evolved since then. And so... Next step is finally actually taking over the company. Uh, whenever he will let me take it over, I guess. <laughs> so you're born into the trade, as they say, huh? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> well, that's great. That's actually not an unusual story. And I've talked to a few up and coming shop owners who are just that. They're taking over the business from their father, uncle, whatever. Right. Looking forward to it. So you said you're the service manager at National Automotive Repair, right? Yeah, that is correct. I am actually currently the service manager, service advisor. I mean, <laughs> I kind of have a couple different hats here at the shop. Jack of all trades, right? Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, service manager at this time. If we got somebody short, I'll even go out there and kind of help sometimes too, but mainly in the office and, and running, the, running the show. Interesting. What kind of business is National Automotive Repair? What is your clientele like? What do you work on? Uh, we pretty much do almost everything. You know, we'll do some of the Europeans, Asian domestics. We even get some of the uh, old school cars in here. I mean, uh, right now we've actually got a 55 Cadillac in and doing some brake stuff on that. So I think eventually some of that might end up fading out. And that's kind of the goal that my dad has once he retires out of here is he wants to kind of get all the old school cars and tinker on that as a kind of a side job hobby. But right now, I mean, we pretty much do it all. We'll even do some diesel stuff, but... Kind of pretty much everything. Hardline, AC, suspension, you know, uh, cooling systems. That's big out here in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Uh, AC systems as well is, is big out here. But anything except body work, <laughs> kind of, you know. Yeah. And you're, where are you located in Arizona? In Phoenix? Or? Yeah, we're, we're North Phoenix. So if you're driving along the I-17, maybe going up to see the Grand Canyon or something, we're off I-17 and Thunderbird is pretty much what it is. North of Phoenix, I would say about maybe 15 minutes out of Phoenix, downtown Phoenix. Well, you're obviously a big part of the succession plan here since your dad owns the business. And uh, can you, let's talk a little bit about what are you doing to prepare to take over the business? What uh, Have you done any special training or anything? I have done some training. I've been actually doing a lot of video 
trainings, um, recorded trainings. It's kind of hard sometimes to do some live video ends during work time because I'm the one up front and, and running the show. So my time to really kind of do any training and doing all catching up and, and preparing myself is actually after work. But I think the biggest thing that I've been trying to prepare myself is to try and show him that he doesn't have to be here all the time and, and we got this thing running. And, and that's the biggest, I think the biggest struggle uh, of preparing this thing because it's his baby. You know, he's, we kind of joke around and say it's, it's his third child, but in reality it is, you know, he's, he's grown this up for 20 plus years. So for him to let go is, is pretty tough, you know? And so all I, all I've been trying to do is, is get things set in order, try and get the people in place and show and prove that's all we can kind of do in, in until the meantime. Well, I hear you about the uh, after hours training. You know, it's tough to find the time. Right. Frankly, if there's any silver linings in what we've been going through lately, not being able to have any live training, there's been a lot of online stuff available. Yeah, I actually found that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of the shops I talked to have been taking advantage of it. A lot of it's been free, actually. Yep. And, you know, they, they said, look, the ability to go back and, and watch something recorded is is just wonderful. I know a lot of the, sh- the trainers I talk to say, you know, it, we're reaching a lot of the rural shops that really can't afford to travel and things like that. So it has its advantages. But you had mentioned getting yourself ready and, and uh, you know, to prepare to take over and, and making sure you, that your dad knows everything's in good hands. What do you think are some of your biggest challenges or will be your biggest challenges uh, in the shop when you do finally take it over? For example, do you have any trouble finding technicians? Oh, you know, that's probably the number one thing with, with anybody, even somebody that's even trying to go into a new shop, that's going to be the biggest challenge regardless throughout the whole time. I mean, trying to find techs that are going to be dependable, responsible. I mean, that's kind of going to be the biggest thing. You know, you sometimes we got techs now where they don't even show up or, or call. And, and so that's, it's always been a, been a challenge, but we've got a good team going so far right now. And, uh, and that's just kind of where we got to keep going on top of that, just keeping everybody up to training doing our ASC certifications. We actually just had a guy finish up two of them in the last. And so now all he has left is automatic transmission to get his master. So just keeping everybody up to, to date and making sure we, we can be as best as we can be. As far as the challenges and taking over, I would say, yeah, you know, uh, finding a good technician. We're in the looks of trying to find another service advisor to kind of help us out and just having the right people in, in place. You know, they say it's, it's not about finding the technicians. It's about finding the right technician. Right. And I think that applies across the board. Uh, how many techs do you have? How, what, how many people do you employ there at National? We actually have uh, four techs, me as a service writer, and then Pops comes in as a service writer every once in a while. Nah. He kind of throws himself around there a little bit, but it gives everybody a, a hard time and, and gives us a heartache here. But we've got four techs, me as a service writer. And one lady up front here that does all of our paperwork, uh, answers the phones, you know, and helps out quite a bit, actually, because mm-hmm. it's a shuttle customers, shuttle back to work, home, so forth. So you just have the one location, right? Just one location. That, that's uh, enough of a uh, headache for me right now <laughs> at the time. <laughs> well, it's nice to know that, you know, you have the opportunity to learn the business from the ground up. I right. think that's important. And more important, I think you, it sounds like you have a pretty good relationship with your team, which is also vital, I think, to success. 
yeah, we try to make everybody a, a part of the family. You know, that's that's the biggest thing for us is we're not just it's a family owned business. So it's not a, a big corporation where, uh, you know, we're making people work Saturdays and Sundays. We're Monday through Friday and we try to make sure everybody, you know, enjoys their time here. Especially for the younger technicians coming up, life balance is important to them yep. and probably to you. What's the old saying? If you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> But when I talk to some of the shop owners, when they say they're looking for folks, and I've talked to some of the younger students mm-hmm. when I've been out on the road, they put a higher value on having flexibility than they do on earnings at this point. They work to live, not live to work. Right. And I think it's important to keep that perspective. But again, you are in that age group. So you have that, those same type of perspectives. And that's something I wanted to ask you from your perspective. Okay. Okay. You've been in the industry. It sounds like you grew up in it. So you're pretty well aware of what's going on. Right. And when I ask this question, I usually get some different answers depending on what a person's perspective is, is as far as how they long they've been in a business. But what do you think are some of the biggest challenges of the industry? I mean, forget about your shop for a moment. Just in general, what do you think are some of the things that we could probably do better or that you think we need to really pay attention to? The biggest challenge of the industry is just how fast everything's growing for the vehicles and everything on the vehicle side, service repair side, you've got all this stuff where they're even trying to make a car drive itself. Mm-hmm. So all this keeping up with computers and, and software learning how to flash. I mean, we, we've got to be able to have these trainings available to keep our technicians up to date. And that's going to be the biggest challenge. You know, that's where the younger generation I think is going to strive a little bit more than then a little bit of the older generation. But then again, I don't know. <laughs> I've got my top lead technician is the, the oldest tech in the shop and he's, he's flashing, doing all this and everything. So I think it's going to be to try and maybe comfort these guys into uh, to having a career out of this, of uh, meaning showing these people, hey, this is what can be done in, in, in the industry. And this is what you can end up making, you know, as a living but you got you to gotta put some work into it. That's, that's the biggest challenge I see uh, is just kind of showing and, and learning. I mean, you're going to have to spend time into it. And some of these people don't want to spend that time and they're going to they're gonna fall short. And times are changing. You got to adapt. No question about it. And actually, that's not just the automobile business. If you think about all the changes we've seen, and so it's funny, you mentioned your oldest technician is the one of the highest tech right. in the space of one career. I mean, we've gone from, you know, let's face it, carburetors right. all the way up to the computer control stuff. And those folks are still on the job, a lot of them. And they've had to learn all this stuff. And I think that's been one of the biggest fallacies about our industry is we have this perception that we're still battling where it's, it's kind of a, an old school type of thing. Nothing could be further from the truth. Right. And training is a given. You're going to be training for your entire career now. You're going to have to. Yep. And it doesn't matter whether you're an automotive technician, a bookkeeper, whatever. The technology is changing so fast that ongoing learning is something that you just do. Yep. That's part and parcel of building a career. Yeah. And ASC is a, is a good way of keeping your techs up to date, mm-hmm. making sure they've got the, the credentials updated, you know, making sure that they've got the training that needs to keep progressing. Mm-hmm. Even as far as just something as simple as, as how this industry is evolving. We've got something as simple as digital inspections, you know, technicians mm-hmm. are going to have to start learning how to use a tablet <laughs> instead of writing on a paper. Yeah. So that's just something as simple as that on up to learning this ADOS system. So it's, it's just a challenge that's going to happen here. And it already is. 
Yeah. Well, and actually we're, we're seeing a lot of changes coming on the pike and general motors, for example, just pushed up their electrification program. Yep. Which made it five years quicker. The technology changes are not going to stop. Yeah. Hybrids, you know, all that. The first hybrids are now antiques. Right. Right. Yeah. That's how long they've been with us. Most people don't realize that, but yeah. And this is the kind of thing, this is, like I said, just part and parcel of what our industry is now going forward. And, you know, I think somewhat of that, like you said, if, if you're not adapting, then some people are going to end up being maybe just specialists in electric motors or, or hybrid. Mm-hmm. And that might end up creating its own entity there, you know, like a, like a European specialist or a diesel specialist. You might have a, a hybrid and electrical specialist. We'll be back to our interview after this word from our sponsor. Did you know that according to the sixth annual major purchase study, nearly three in four Synchrony Car Care cardholders said they always seek financing when making a major purchase? If you aren't offering promotional financing to your customers, you could be missing out on larger service and repair jobs at your location. Enroll in Synchrony Car Care and offer your customers a credit card with your shop's name on it. Plus, promotional financing is available every day, helping increase customer loyalty and satisfaction. Find out how you can benefit from becoming a Synchrony Car Care Partner location today. Visit syfenroll.com today and use code ASA. And now, back to our interview. Well, one of the biggest challenges I know for a lot of the shops is, frankly, the equipment you need to do the service. Right. Getting the investment and getting the, the customer flow through to be able to afford that thing is, has been getting more and more challenging every day. You're an established business. You said you started, what, it was 97? Yeah, he started back in 1997, a mobile mechanic. <laughs> oh, that's great. So he went from mobile to bricks and mortar, huh? Yeah, that's it. You know, that's one of the changes I've seen in, a, in our marketplace. Mobile technicians are actually a pretty fast-growing segment right now. They are. It makes sense if you think about it. Again, uh, I know a lot of collision shops, for example, sublet their ADAS and a lot of their flashing and stuff like that to some of the mobile techs who can afford to have the equipment investment they need there is you know and have enough shops that that are using their services to make it all worthwhile so it'll be interesting to see how the industry evolves going forward but i still think at the end of the day the independent repair shop is is still the place where consumers want to go because they know you right um, i assume you have as good a relationship with your customers as you do with your employees oh yeah try to try to know all the customers by first name basis and it makes them feel comfortable uh, and once you get your com- uh, your customers to be comfortable, I mean, from there on. How's the pandemic affected you in the uh, in the Phoenix area there? Have you guys had any trouble with that? Are you kind of through it? What have you had to endure? You know, I wouldn't say we're through it. And, and I don't know how long it's going to always eventually stay this way until <laughs> until people feel comfortable. But it has affected us. But we are a pretty much a COVID resilient business. You know, we stayed busy, but we're not, we're, I would say we're still down probably maybe 20% of what we should be last year, mm-hmm. but we still, we still had work. And uh, luckily enough, you know, some, some shops have been pretty dead and mm-hmm. we've, we've had the customer base, you know, we tried, we, we sent out a whole bunch of emails uh, saying, Hey, you know, this is what we're doing for COVID-19 protocols and rules, mm-hmm. you know, uh, wearing masks when we're going in and out of vehicles, wiping everything down. So that's all we can kind of keep doing. As far as the the economy here, it has hit us. You know, we were in a lockdown where restaurants, bars, you know, only essential businesses were only open. And, and luckily enough, we were, but it has affected us, you know, like I said, about 20%, but we're, we're still lucky enough to, to keep moving on. We are essential businesses. Yep. And that's true. And now that folks are starting to go back to work, I know a lot of the shops are reporting that it's starting to come back. Yep. 
some actually knock wood have said, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> we're actually a little bit of ahead of last year. But that's only because they're near major metropolitan areas where things have opened up more quickly. Are you involved in the marketing for the business as well? I've got my two cents in there. Being a, another uh, lady, she does a lot of our marketing at, for our company. But yeah, I, I would say, you know, she, she makes sure she runs everything by me first. You know, uh, <laughs> well, is this going to be okay if we run this special or, you know, and so, yeah. uh, or we, we do a lot of uh, just YouTube videos that we'll send out on emails kind of some joking around uh <laughs> so we just we just did one for valentine's and and so it it shows that we have a personality other than just a face that in front of you saying this is what's going on with your car hey this is how much it's going to be so uh people like that and they like to see a uh, a funny side or a character to person that they're trusting their investment with so trust is is what really our businesses are built upon yeah and I, I'm with you. I think they are doing business with an individual or a, a group of individuals that they feel they have a relationship with. Right. Yep. And, you know, having fun with that and, you know, letting them show that, hey, we're people too, I think makes all the difference in the world. So it's, it sounds like you're on the right track. But it also sounds like you're pretty busy. What do you do for fun? What is your <laughs> life work balance like? When I get a chance to finally get out of here, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, my biggest hobby is being outdoors and I do a lot of hunting. So actually, I've got a hunt coming up in three weeks. <laughs> I'll be in Kerrville, Texas, doing a whitetail hunt. So that's coming up in three weeks. But uh, yeah, I, I like to be outdoors. Any chance I can, every weekend I can, I'll, I'll shoot up north and start hiking and going hunting. So that's my biggest hobby, and, and it helps me uh, relax my mind <laughs> and get get my mind off the company and the business and, and um, my escape. So. Hey, listen, it's important to have that work-life balance. Like I said, you got to sharpen the saw, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got to make sure, yeah, you, you have time to, to make sure you can stay sane. <laughs> I think these days, as, as fast-paced and, and with everything that we're dealing with, I mean, things, so many things have changed. Now, we're dealing with like touchless customer service now. And, yep. You know, the cleaning stuff we're doing uh, for our customers to go through the COVID stuff. And some of this is going to stick. I, I, customers do like certain aspects of what we're doing now. Yeah. I, I think some people like the convenience and if you can go and pick up their car from their house or, or from work, then you might actually gain a customer or two out of that. And they might tell their friend, Hey, you know, my, I just had my car picked up from, from the house. Give these people a call. So um, you might actually find some, some new business that way too. Well, offering that level of customer service is what it's all about. I mean, you have to have quality to get in the game. There's no question about that. You got to do good work, yep. but I think it's going the extra mile. That's again, one of the hallmarks of the independent service community. And one of the big advantages that we have with respect to consumer trust. And, and I think them just wanting to do business with us. They want to do business with somebody they, they can talk to. Exactly. And I think that having that family atmosphere helps a lot. That's my family businesses have been so successful. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I was talking to Diana DeLeon, our, our executive director of ASA Arizona, who, uh, who's the one who gave me her name, but she mentioned you're also doing some podcasting. I understand. Aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, me and a buddy of mine. Uh, so like I said, we, we do some, I do a lot of hunting. Uh, that's my biggest hobby and uh, social life, I guess, outside of work. But um, yeah, we, so we started our own group. It's, it's actually called Bow Hunting AZ. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in a little plug 
there, but uh, <laughs> um, Bow Hunting AZ, we started our own podcast. We do a bunch of YouTube videos, and uh, so we've interviewed some pretty big names uh, in the hunting industry. So wow, yeah, this isn't all too new for me, but uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. We get to talk with people, pick their brains, like you're kind of doing with me a little bit here, and yeah, that's the whole point, right? right get a little bit of knowledge for for the people that are like like what we're doing here people that are getting into the industry Uh and so it's fun i enjoy it because it's very uh knowledgeable in a learning base that's uh growing i mean a lot of people listen to podcasts so well you said it's bow hunting az right that is correct yeah all one word actually so i have to give it a listen and you guys are have been members of asa for a long time we have has have you got involved with the uh, with the local chapter or the local affiliated ASA in Arizona? Uh, we have, yeah. You know, a, a lot of it lately has been uh, virtual, so there wasn't that many in person meetings. But there is actually one coming up uh, the twenty fifth of this month. I unfortunately won't be able to attend because I'll be in Texas doing a hunt. Priorities. <laughs> yeah, priorities here. <laughs> but whenever we can get a chance, or if it's close by, you know, some of them are all the way out over uh, on the very east side or, or way west of us. So sometimes depending or, or if we're stuck at the shop and we got work going on and, and things going on. So, but we try to be involved as much as we can. Yeah. National has been a, an ASA member for quite some time. And from your perspective, again, what value do you see from that association? I know you talked about doing a lot of the virtual training and stuff. Yeah. Does ASA provide some of that for you? Oh yeah. Uh, ASA provides quite a bit of that. But I think a lot of the biggest values we get out of it is just being able to to converse and be able to interact with other companies, other shops. We've got we found <laughs> even uh, even as something as simple as our our uh, insurance company. <laughs> but we we met him through through ASA through a convention that we had over in uh, at one of the casinos down here. But being able to actually interact with other companies in the industry is is key. Um, but a lot of the training that they provide, they've, they provide a lot of training for, for business owners that we've gone to uh, some of the seminars when they come in for the technicians, service advisors, they offer quite a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, associations have conventionally provided that role. The benefits are, are a big part of it, but it's the, the networking, I guess, is the word we're always using. It's the relationships that you build, I think, uh, you know, within and without the business that make all the difference in the world going forward. That is. I would imagine you've been at your dad's side over the years at a few of these meetings and met some other shop owners in your area as well, right? Oh, yeah. Um, that's a, like I said, you, you meet some of these other business owners in the same field that we've got. And so, yeah, I mean, there's we can pick their brain at the same time. If they've got any questions, we've always been here to help them out too. But it's nice to be able to, to see what, hey, what this guy down the road or kind of in the same vicinity is is doing and how he's been doing become you know not competitors but allies in the industry and that's mm-hmm. that's what we are you know i'm not gonna go and steal somebody's business but we're here to all help each other out and that's what it is so well that's been a common theme i've heard through many of the asa members that i have been uh, had the pleasure to interview and have known over the years, you know, it, it's right. a team effort, at, you know, within the shop and without. And I think that's one of the, the greatest values the association provides to to our members is other members, you know, like yourself. Right. Yeah, you know, we all have the same problems, but we come at them from different angles. And sometimes 
somebody might have an answer to something that you've been looking for for a long time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a, like a, what we call it, like a BDG group. It's a business development group. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And good ideas are meant to be stolen, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say stolen. I would say shared, but yeah. Shared. That's a better word. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Oh, geez. Jake, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I, I'm really glad we uh, had a chance to connect. Yeah. Thank you. Final words before I let you go for the evening. Um, If you're in Phoenix, you need some repairs, come here, National Automotive. I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, it has been fun. I look forward to possibly the next one. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we'll have to definitely have to do this again. Maybe once I've finally taken over the company. How about that, huh? <laughs> now, actually, you know what? Since you mentioned that, I, I, when you get to that point, I really would like to, uh, I hope we'll be talking before then, but right. you know, that would be an interesting story when you, uh, when you finally get into that last stretch where the, the transition is going on. I think a lot of people would like to hear that story. So we'll definitely have, uh, we'll definitely have more to talk about. Yeah. And I will look forward to uh, listening to Bowhunting AZ too along the way. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. We're on all platforms as well too. So. Well, Jake, again, I want to thank you for your time. We have been talking with Jake McLaughlin, uh, the service manager and soon to be shop owner of National Automotive Repair. Jake, again, I want to thank you for your time tonight. Send our best to your dad and the whole team there at National. We really appreciate your time. All right. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me on here. Have a great night. Take care. You too, buddy. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.